I am thrilled to announce that An Actor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym, and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at KindFarmsInc, all one word. That's K-I-N-D-P-H-A-R-M-S-I-N-C. And their website is KindFarmsInc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is RYAN10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Ladies and gentlemen, today on An Actor Despairs, we have an incredibly exciting episode with an actress whose work I've loved for a very long time, Eden Epstein. We're here to talk about her new season of C and everything that she's done. I really loved her show, Sweet Bitter. If you know anything about the hospitality industry, it's so accurate. And Eden's got incredible energy and she's going to go so far. Eden, I got so much love for you. Here it is. Eden Epstein, welcome to An Actor Despairs. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm great. It's so good to connect with you. You're glowing today. I feel very ashamed <laughs> about my own presence now. Oh, please stop yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, great. Uh, dude, I, I, you know, I'm an actor, so I had to work hospitality for a long time. And, you know, obviously with the world collapsing, it went away. But like Sweet Bitter was like the most accurate show. And you were so good in that. Like it just, it totally captured all the quirks and idiosyncrasies and chaos of that world and i loved oh, you in that piece and I, I was so i was so bummed they ended it early you know i thought Aww. that they really had legs man and you and paul sparks and ella were just so good in that oh thank you so much yeah and now you're on to like 200 million dollar sets so you're taking it over on apple c which is coming <laughs> out soon so I'm, I'm so proud of you man Oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. But uh, yeah, so if it's cool with you, let's start from the beginning. Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Santa Monica in California. Wow. Yeah, basically LA. Um, Parents in the business or not in the business? No, no, not in the business. My parents are both from the Midwest. They met um, going to law school at UCLA um, in LA. And... um, they were both, they're both lawyers. My dad's a lawyer. My mom, um, my mom is still a lawyer, but she sort of stopped lawyering. She really hated it. Actually, she was doing litigation and it was sort of an emotional suck for her, I think. Yeah. Um, and so she 
she stopped, raised me and my older brother. And um, when we were in high school, went back to school to become a psychotherapist, which is what she's doing now. Wow. So she's a talk therapist, but she also does um, mediation. So she's kept up her, her law degree. And she actually, before she started, um, before she went to, to college, she took a, a break between high school and college. She danced professionally and did some theater. And so oh, so she had the arts person. bug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my my dad's actually a very talented pianist. And um, he's not like, he would he would not say that he is, but he growing up, he would play Eric Satie. And, oh, um, man, I love Satie. I have creative, oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, we're, I think that they're creative people, but I think that it just didn't occur to them that it could be vocational and that they could actually have a life um, in pursuit of the arts. I don't think it really interests them. So, so I'm curious then, uh, yeah. questions twofold. One, early on, did they ingrain like a sense of the arts into you? Yeah. Yeah. It was really important to my mom that my brother and I go to public school and Me too. we were really lucky. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's so important and wonderful. Um, I had such a great education. I feel really, really fortunate. We, um, we had great public schools in Santa Monica. Um, and so there was, um, a big, actually really wonderful at the middle school that I went to, I went to John Adams middle school and they have a really great, um, music program. And so when I was really little, um, I learned how to play piano. I didn't really like that, but then I started playing the flute, um, which I really loved and had a knack for. Um, and so, I did that, but then like my first love and the first thing that my mom, um, I think imbued in me as far as a love goes that both of us share is for ballet, which was something that I started when I was teeny, teeny, tiny, like just dancing to like, you know, Disney songs in tutus. And then. No wonder you're so good in those fight scenes. You're coordinating. Oh, oh, I appreciate that. That was a, that was a struggle for me. We'll talk about that later. Sure. Um, but then I, I, she took, there's a great, um, dance studio called Westside Academy of Dance in Santa Monica, where a lot of professional dancers are trained. Um, Yvonne Mouncy, who, um, was the headmistress of, when I was there, she's since passed. She was an unbelievable woman when she, when she was in her like nineties, she was still teaching classes and yeah. demonstrating. And, um, I trained there from the time I was, I don't know, maybe six until I was 18 and, um, and that was my first creative, uh, commitment that I really made and that my family absolutely encouraged in tandem with keeping up academics. And, and that was something that I was interested in anyways. I was a really good student and really loved school. So that's beautiful. And then the, the other part of my question is, you know, I've had a lot of guests that grew up in LA and I feel like it goes one or two ways, you know, because like they're, I live in New York, you know, unlike, you know, obviously the business is here, but in LA, you cannot escape it. Somewhere Mm. you're going to pass a film set somewhere. There's going to be a poster for a movie. You know what I mean? It's just like, it is at every Starbucks, everyone is an actor. So when you were young, did you have an awareness of the, just the omnipotence of the business being there? That's so interesting. I actually, had a very sheltered experience from the business. That's Santa awesome. Monica. Ha, have you ever been to Santa Monica? Before? Oh yeah. Many times. So it's, it feels very suburban to me, at least the area where I grew up and my whole life was on the West side. So I never really went into Hollywood. We didn't really like my, all my friends lived on the West side. Like I didn't, I didn't feel 
aware that LA was LA or Hollywood growing up. Like it wasn't, that wasn't a part of the culture of, um, my school. Um, I guess the one area where it sort of touched was there were some of the, some of the girls that danced at West side with me, um, had parents that were in the business and we would do, so like at, at, at our height, we were dancing in high school. I was dancing like 23 hours a week with rehearsals. And that was all with going to school full time. And we would put up these shows. We would do the Nutcracker every year. And then we'd do a spring performance, which would be an amalgamation of different little ballets that. So that, it was all classical dance, not, not really contemporary. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was what I did. They, yeah. they offered, Ooh, I'm so sorry. All good. Um, You're good. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, we had people come and watch us. The parents would come and watch the performances and, um, there was, there were, oh my gosh, I'm so, 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 so sorry. No, it's totally fine. My, my dad has been trying to reach me, um, for the past couple of days and we, our text messages haven't been going through. It's really nice that he's trying to call. Oh, so that's adorable. It, but he needs to stop. It's um, okay. Um, so what was I saying? Yes. So we had, we had parents that were in the industry that would come and watch. And I remember there were parents that came and saw me dance. Um, and I, my favorite dances to do were always the ones that were character driven where I could sort of build a character around or like where it wasn't even dance at all, like party scene where it's basically just like gesticulating and acting. And those are my favorites. And I had people that were in the industry sort of say like, you should pursue acting. I think you'd be, you'd be good at it. And that was the first time that it ever occurred to me that that was something. Someone else kind of set the switch in motion. Yeah. Saw, saw, saw something in me and, and, and set it in motion. And, um, but it wasn't like I was seeing actors or seeing famous people or anything like that. It felt like yeah. a very, just like living anywhere. And and when that, you know, mechanism went on, were your parents receptive to it? Cause I imagine you had to go to them being like, Hey, I'd love to take an acting class or something. You know? Yeah. I think I, I remember asking them for an agent, which I didn't know really what it meant. I was probably in middle school Yeah, and my mom and dad, both of them, they were very adamant that I have a normal childhood. Yeah. And, um, I'm so grateful to them for setting boundaries for me because I really did get to have, um, just a normal, a normal childhood and didn't have to deal. Ballet is very brutal. There's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of, um, there can be a lot of uh, really Black hard things swan, to hear. Corrosive, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think my, my studio, like they, they. I think that compared to other studios and other stories that I've heard, it was not like an abusive environment. Okay, um, but still, you ha- you're aware of your body. You're aware of how much weight you're gaining when you hit yeah. puberty. Your body changes, like, and you're aware of that in a way that maybe is not the healthiest for for totally. a young a young girl. And so. Um, I think that though I was facing a lot of discipline and hard truths about how hard you have to work in order to achieve something, I didn't have to deal with um, what I think can be a really insidious, horrible side of an industry for, for a lot of kid actors. I hope that's yeah. changing with Me Too and Time's Up and just totally. more awareness around the way that we behave in the industry. But I I'm lived really in glad. North Hollywood in Millennium Dance Studio. Man, that place was... Oh, no. Yeah, because I, I my gym was adjacent to it, so I just saw some crazy stuff, man. Oh, man. That's yeah. so unfortunate because yeah. there are these young kids that 
are talented and hungry to express themselves in ways and to be shut down or shamed or, um, it's just, it's so, I think it's, it's such a disservice to the, to the spirit of the person and ultimately to the, to the artist that could potentially create really amazing things to share with the world. Totally. Um, but my parents were, were kind of like, once you're 18, you do whatever you want. Um, what about high school? Did you do the drama or because dance took up so much time? I didn't, didn't. I, it was in the back of my mind, but I was just like, I, I had a one dance that I really wanted to do in the Nutcracker, which was Arabian, which was this very sensual pas de deux, which means a dance with, between a man and a woman. Um, and uh, I trained and trained and trained, had to have surgery. I injured myself and knew that I would have like one more performance before ACL. I would never be able to. No, I, um, I had a, an os trigonum is the word for it. It's basically a floating bone in your ankle joint. So every time I would go on point, I'm for podcast listeners, this isn't helpful, but I'm doing something with my hands. Every time I would go on point, basically the, the, the bone would get caught in, in the, in the joint and I would have to force over it and scar tissue built up in the joint. And I had terrible tendonitis and it was just, it was, it was not um, sustainable. Yeah. And so I, I trained as hard as I could and got as strong as I could and got to do my dance, which was the thing that I had set out to do. Oh, I'm so happy for you. That's awesome. <laughs> it was a, it was a good thing. But after that, I was like, I'm done. And then um, I was taking ballet classes, adult ballet classes at this point, not training the 23 hours anymore, just doing this. Is, this of, is after high school. Right no, now? this was, this was still in high school. This was my oh, okay. senior year of high school okay. after I'd done my dance that I'd wanted to do after I did Arabian and um, before uh, going to NYU and, uh, Oh, you went older... to NYU. I did too. Oh, really? Yeah. What, what school did you go to? Tish. Oh, awesome. Okay. Where, what did uh, you go to? I did Gallatin. I oh, didn't do Tish. What, what yeah. was your focus? I did, um, character development and identity formation through film and theater, which Brilliant. sounds so pretentious and horrible, you get, but it was you, great. You, you get to take classes in Tish then, right? No, actually, I, really? I, I, I no, yeah, yeah. I think that they sort of tried to not cross pollinate between Gallatin and yeah. Tish. I took I took acting classes outside of of Tish, but I really wanted to have a liberal arts education. I I knew I wanted to act. By the time I had gone to university, I knew it was this weird Ryan. Like, felt like the closest thing to a spiritual. I'm. I'm not religious in any way. Yeah, I, I know I, what you mean. Me either. But the calling, you the know, calling. That, yeah, you yeah. know, but it's a power greater than you. And you're like, it's, you it's, need it. it yeah. And it's twofold. It's like amazing. And it's like, well, this is the hardest thing ever. You know what I oh, mean? Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's, it's very daunting, Yeah. but, um, but I just knew, even though I'd never done it before, I was like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And I'm going to do it in a big way. And I just know that, which I was like 17 and now yeah. having done it still for not that long, you know, you're, I think that whatever hubris I had is definitely, um, I've, I've sort of, um, shed a lot of it. I know how hard it is. And I, I try to reconnect with that, that sort of insane confidence that you have when you're that age and you're oh, like, I'm invincible and I can do anything. So beautiful. Um, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what, what's, what studio were you in? Strasburg. Wait, I, I started okay. in 2008. What year did you start? I started 2011. Okay. So I dropped out in 2010 and mm. came back in 2012. So we were probably, 
crossing paths at Square yeah. Park and didn't even know it. That's crazy. Did you live in, in housing? I did for the first year. I was in Third North. And then okay, I was yeah. in that horrible one in Carlisle and Union Square. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's and then gross. I did apartments the final two years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, did you, cool. what, Hayden? You look like I was in Hayden. Yeah, yeah I knew it. You look like you'd be in Hayden. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Hayden. I made some of my closest friends in Hayden. It Hall. doesn't exist anymore. They changed it. They yeah. changed it. What? It's so I, depressing. I know. I know. It was, they had really good cookies. I don't know if you ever ate in there. Oh, I always got insomnia because Third North was oh. like right by insomnia. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, God. Those were the days, right? <laughs> well, and like when the courtyard there, that was like in the final two years where they let people smoke and then that went away. That I was know. like when it was so cool to smoke in Third North courtyard. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's so, that makes me very nostalgic. That's yeah. crazy. Wow. That's crazy. So you, you're at Gallatin and obviously you're in this new city and having a dance background is huge. And mm-hmm. what do you do then, you know, because I know Gallatin is you create your own curriculum and I think it's like a minimum of 14 credits. So then were you able to incorporate acting into the, to your individualized study or no? You know, I, I, I decided that I didn't want the, the acting classes that Gallatin had to be quite honest, were not that compelling to me. Yeah. And I, and I'd found this amazing teacher, um, named Jennifer Gelfer, who she's like, she's my person. She's my teacher. She's the person that sort of taught me everything I know about acting. Yeah. Um, and it felt really just like, um, the luckiest thing ever, because you know how hard it is to find a class and a teacher and a technique that feels cohesive and feels, um, right for you. Yeah. Yeah. feels like it, like that's not an organ reject there. It's, you can have organ rejects. with. (laughs) So it was just like the perfect class at the perfect time. And I learned so much. It was a scene study class with working actors that were much older than me. I was the youngest in the class by far. How did you discover it? So going back to when I was in LA, I had this, when I was taking adult ballet classes, there was this actor named, he probably won't remember me. His name was Manny Ortega and he was an actor and he was watching me dance and he said, are you an actor? You should really act. And I was like, no, but I actually, I'm ready to explore this now. And he said, come to this acting class. And he told me to come to Jocelyn Jones was the name of the teacher. And so I skipped my, I was a really good student, Ryan. Yeah. And the appointment that Jocelyn gave me was at the same time as my, my psych AP, which I could have had credit for. And instead of, I don't know why it didn't occur to me to cancel or to to say, can we reschedule? I had this really important test. I just skipped the AP (laughs) to go. I did something similar in high school. That's awesome. Really? Yeah. It was very unlike me. I remember being like, "What, what am I, what am I doing? This is, this is insane. Um, and I met her and, and she was like, you know, well, join the class. She said very nice things that I didn't exactly trust because she'd never seen me act before. And I went and watched the class and it was like, like adults. I was still a teenager yeah. and they were doing stuff on the stage that I was like, I can do that. But eventually, like yeah. I, I need a year. I'm still in high school. What I just like, and now I can finally drive by myself. Like it just felt very, I didn't, I wasn't ready yet. Yeah. So I called her when I moved to New York and said, I'm ready to, to, to try acting. Who do you have a teacher that, that you could recommend me? And she said, yep, Jen Gelfer. And then that was how I found her. That's so, so serendipitous. I love that. 
it was, I was so lucky. I'm so grateful. And I'm still very close with Jen. She's a mentor and a good friend. So when freshman year started, did you enroll in that class like right away? Yeah. Yeah. I think Halloween was my first, my first class. And, um, and all the other classes I took were, were sort of, um, tangentially related to acting. I'm really curious about people. Yeah. Um, and why we are the way that we are. And I think something that was so great about Gallatin and that it's interdisciplinary meant that you could, one class was never just about one class. It was a topic seen through as many different perspectives as you could feasibly fit into a semester. And that meant learning so much about so many different things and thinking in a way that I think is actually similar to an acting brain where you need to be able to relate to things that are maybe completely foreign to you, totally. but you find a way in. And that's sort of what interdisciplinary study does. You're able to find a way in to a subject to really interrogate it from lots of different perspectives. And, um, and I was able to do that with amazing professors and really smart kids. And all of the classes were, um, Socratic. So it wasn't like lectures. It was all conversation based, which I really enjoyed. And it was just a really fortifying experience for me. And I find now in my adult life, I need to be learning in order to feel um, okay in myself in order to know myself. And it's once you graduate from college, once you graduate from school period, we have those of us that are, that have the luxury of being in school, you find that your identity is so wrapped around um, that structure. And if you don't have oh, implement for yourself, is so hard. You and know? if you, and if you don't make, if you don't prioritize learning and teaching yourself things, you just won't. Yeah. So I'm figuring out how to do that, um, in my adult life now. Yeah. I think we all are, you know, that's so beautiful. And while you were there, I'm curious when you started that class, having come from dance for so long, were you, mm-hmm super intimidated by monologue and scene work, you know, was that like nerve wracking for you or did you, your that, you know, young confidence, did you just go for it? I think I, I, I was nervous as all hell. I remember being like shaking nervous, but then the first scene I did was speed the plow it was a David Mamet, oh. a scene from David Mamet's play, speed the plow. And me and my scene partner got it completely wrong. Like, did not understand. I'd never read David Mamet before. I didn't yeah. understand that it's quick. And, um, but we like really committed to what we were doing. And I remember going on stage and just a calm coming over me and feeling totally transported and just, um, fiercely happy and fulfilled. Yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't super intimidated. I felt like I could do it. And I know one of the toughest thing about any acting class in any city can be whether you get along with the people or not. Did you find your tribe there? You know, um, some, there are certain actors from that class that I, that I will be in touch with forever. Yeah. But I was so much younger than, than most of them. And I was, I was still in college. So I wasn't auditioning actively. They were all working actors. Um, and so it was, I, I didn't go there to make friends. I really went there to learn. So I wasn't, 
You're so um, mature. You're so smart. You're going to be, you're going to be so huge. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's very nice of you to yeah, say, but, yeah. but that was intuitive. I think it also came from dance. It's very cutthroat. It's very competitive. Yeah. I guess that and, did give you that backbone, you know, yeah. this is how it's meant to be done. Oh yeah. Like, uh, but it, that, and that doesn't take away from the joy that I had every scene that I did with every person. I became very close with it. So intimate, Yeah. but, but I wasn't like hanging out with people. I never went for drinks after class ever. I never did that. I never, they would go. And I just, I just didn't want to, I wanted that to be like a a sanctified safe space for me to work. And I didn't want any, cause you know, actors like to sleep together. And I just didn't want any of that. No, I, it's funny, you know, it's so funny, you know, and beautiful that you went to Gallatin because outside of me and and my friend, Rachel Brosnahan, who's on, on my zone, you know, I, there's not that many people still going for it. And I think like Tish, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm always honest about NYU on here. Like they break you down. And oh God. I, most of the people that I went to school with, like started so into it. And by the end they were out and I, I had, that. I had the opposite thing where I hated it and I came back and I'm an addict. I didn't get sober. So I really didn't get serious mm. till later, you know, but yeah, that's that's so beautiful that you went there. I'm so glad you had that experience. But back to the socialization elements, then were you were you staying away from that whole party NYU cliche even at college, or did you have fun? You know, because like a lot of people I know go to Galton have a hard time making friends because it's so individualized. You know, there's mm. NYU in general is a really tough college to make friends at. You know. Mm. That's so interesting. I, I think I was pretty lucky. Some of my, actually, with the exception of a few people, my closest friends now um, from school, I met my freshman year. Wow. And in Hayden, we all lived in Hayden. Uh, You went to the best dorm. It was was really lucky. Yeah. And let, and, um, and so we, we definitely had fun for sure. And we would have go to parties and I had a fake ID and oh, it got taken away. I had <laughs> seven, I, one survived. <laughs> really? I think that's I must've spent like two grand on fake IDs. Oh God. It's a, yeah. that's a travesty. Yeah. It, I had my first one got taken away the fat black cat. Oh and yeah. Then they're, my, they're ruthless. They're there. ruthless. I was yeah. like, dude, come on, just let yeah. come in. And he wouldn't. But my second one that I got that worked was a British. It was, it was, an English ID. Oh, and you, you I, have an English tutor vibe about you. Uh, that, so I, and in, oh, I actually probably, I don't know that I want to share that story, but we can cut it if you want. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter. But, okay. But basically um, we, I would go in with my, my British friend, Andrew, and I would have to put on this British accent when I would show my, and it was very fun and, yeah. and it always worked. Yeah. It was great. That's um, so genius. So, but no, but I think I had a pretty tame experience, um, in college, honestly, for the most part. Yeah. I had the opposite. And that's why you're so much further in your career than me. Hey, Uh, you've got, you've got stuff to pull from though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Too much. Um, For for being sober. That's huge. How long have you been sober? Uh, if I make it to December 3rd, five years. You will make it till December 3rd, one day at a time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I appreciate that. Um, that's a really big accomplishment yeah yeah it's not easy especially during this whole you know 
crazy. Oh man. But, Absolutely. Uh, well, so while you started to get along into your sophomore and junior year, then did the, you know, agent thing, you know, maybe someone from class be like, Hey, I know this person. Or did you also kind of diligently be like, I'll worry about that when I graduate. I wanted, I, I was desperate to be cast in something to be pulled out of school. Like I, that was what I wanted. I wanted yeah. to like book a movie and then have to leave school to just go act. And that didn't totally. happen, which it wasn't meant to happen. Um, I did not pursue an agent until, um, until after school. I, so, so my, my first job that I got, um, was, um, a a film called blind and, um, my teacher, Jennifer Gelfer, who I was telling you about, she was working with, um, Michael Mailer, who was the director of blind who Michael, um, at this time was producing a film called showing roots. Yeah. And, um, Jen really believed in me and said, I just, I just want you to meet this student who I think has a really promising future. I think that, that you should just meet her. So we met and from our meeting, he said that he wanted me to make a tape and audition for the lead of this film showing roots, which I did. It was my first ever self tape. And I made the tape and, um, he wrote me back and, was very enthusiastic and said that he sent it on to the other producers and it didn't end up going any further. But from that tape, he offered me the role that I ended up playing in blind, which was the film that he directed. And that film sort of gave me legs to go approach agents and managers to say, I'm in a film with Alec Baldwin and Demi Moore. And I act with both of them. Alec Baldwin was my teacher at NYU. Really? Yeah. I he didn't ta- know that he taught. He did one class and all of Tish auditioned and he chose 12. And, and you were one of them. Yeah. That's I still talk cool. to him to this day. Yeah. How wonderful. What, yeah. what kind of a class was it? It was a master Technique? acting class. And, okay. uh, and it was, uh, first we did monologues and then we did two different scenes with that. They chose that for us and yeah. paired us with different people. And, uh, yeah, How actually, cool. I, actually, now I, I I'm going to contradict myself. Just about everyone in that class is still going for it, but most of us didn't know each other before, you know. I see. I yeah. see. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, it's cool, but uh, that's so amazing. Then, so did you ever have to do the one-on-one actors connection thing, or or no? I didn't do that. What I did do was um, was EPAs before any of this. I would I would. You were equity already. No, 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 no. I would go to the e- the EPAs. At, I would go to Equity, the Equity Building, at like six a.m. Oh yeah, I would go from Brooklyn. <laughs> I would wake up at like four forty-five. Yeah. Get on the train, go show up, put my name down as a as hoping that that's someone wouldn't show up and go wait in that little room. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Off to the side. Um. So I did that probably five times until I realized it was just futile that they weren't going to see me. Yeah. Um, such dicks about it, but it's like paying your yeah. dues, you know, yeah, I really sure. wanted to audition. And I remember the whole, you feel so nervous the whole time because you have either a scene or a monologue and you're saying it in your head over and yeah. over again, hoping that you'll get to go. And it's just this like pent up what energy if? that goes nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I did that, but I didn't do, no, I didn't do the one-on-ones. Um, I don't know why I didn't. I just. Better that way. It's just, it's a scam. I mean, I've met some That's what I've heard. Yeah, I think yeah. my teacher was kind of like, 
uh, she didn't believe in them. And so yeah. I trusted her and so then didn't you, go for it. You found a good rep that you, you felt a connection with. Yeah. I felt, I found my first manager named Monica. She, and she really believed in me and, um, that was with authentic management. Okay. Um, yeah. and, um, and she, she started me out and we worked together for, um, how long, uh, three years, four years, wow. maybe. And then, um, signed me to Stuart talent. Um, Stuart's and so great. I, yeah, yeah. They were wonderful. And I worked with them and then I booked sweet bitter with, with that team. Um, and then that was sort of, that was the beginning. That was my first ever, uh, my first ever TV job. Um, and a huge one, you know? Like, yeah, it was, yeah. It was exciting. It was Who crazy. Who cast to, that again? Was that, was that, that was, a, um, that was Laura Rosenthal. Oh, Laura's. Yeah. She's, she's at, amazing. Uh, what's it? Um, I can't remember her company, but yeah, she's great. Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's wonderful. That's so fun. And, and, you know, did you know the book or did you read it before the audition? Oh, I, no, I, I, I had heard of the book. I had not read it, but the pilot was so evocative to me. Like it completely encapsulated. So, so when I auditioned for Sweet Bitter, I, the restaurant that I was working in, in, in the East Village, Cafe Orlin was about to close. Yeah. One of the best. It was great. And I worked yeah. there through, through school and I loved it. And, um, the night before serving. serving yeah. I was a waitress. Oh, so you've had the real experience. Oh, definitely. Cause yeah, there's yeah. some I'm, people in the show. No offense. You can tell they've never waited. In table yeah, there. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> we were a motley crew, but I definitely yeah. had paid, paid those dues. Yeah. Um, and I, so I had my last shift at this restaurant the night before my callback for the show. And I was like, was it, I have it's, to. Uh, you know, cause like we're in such a weird time. Was it in person or South? Oh yeah. No, yeah. it was in person, which was, I so prefer being me in too. person. God, I hope it comes I've, back. Me too. I've never yeah. booked a thing off of tape before. And I, like, I, I feel like they don't even look at them anymore. You know, like, I hope it's not true, but it, who knows? You know, like at least you got to go in the, the room. They got to see you. Yeah. You like, get to connect with someone. Yeah, and they had, they had to watch it. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. To some degree, you know, but now it's just like, I, I hear they get more tapes and they watch oh, five seconds sick. and they're like, so it's just like, oh, it's very demoralizing. Yeah. I think that we have to think of them as opportunities for us to act, even though yeah. it often doesn't feel like acting because you're looking at a spot on the wall because you can't read with anyone. And, yeah. you know, um, so you shot that you guys shot the pilot and it wasn't picked up to series yet. Right? No, no, no. It, it was, it was actually straight to series. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. Know yeah. So what yeah. was that ride like? It was insane. I, I, I first time doing TV, like Plan B was producing it. Um, Hashtag Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, Richard Shepard. Yeah, Stephanie Danler, the the writer. Of the book was unbelievable. The pilot was so good. I read it and I was like, I just, I know, I know who Ari is. I know who all these people are. I totally understand well, you this world. Kind of, you know, to the protagonist character move to New York to pursue your thing, you know? So it, you, it's such an iconic relation, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just very relatable and it was the most fun ever. Like I just, the cast got on so well. We all loved each other. 
Um, I learned Which is so rare, you know, to, to have that. Chemistry. I didn't, I had no idea. I had no yeah. idea how lucky we were because I, I've been spoiled, honestly on in my career so far, I've been completely spoiled with the people that I've worked with because we're just going to be friends for a really long time. If, yeah. if, if I'm lucky, that's so um, awesome. yeah, it was really great. I learned a ton. It was amazing working with Paul Sparks, who I think is a brilliant actor. And yeah, he's one of my same, favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the career I'm going for, you know, the definitely yeah. He's yeah. always working and always, he's a character actor, but he's also a leading man. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious then, do you feel like in some ways that show was your hybrid film school, drama school, you know, hmm, that's very interesting. I feel like I got really good training in my acting class yeah, that I, I took. Guess so, yeah. Um, like really good. We did, I did Chekhov and Shakespeare and did you do I wanted to do classics. No, no, I didn't. Um, I didn't do on camera. I never, I took one, I took a Bob Krakauer uh, uh, on camera class. That was through one-on-one, yeah. wasn't it? He's, okay, he's, he's now departed that, that venture. I would imagine so. Yeah, he was yeah. great. He was very yeah. funny. That was the one on camera class that I took, which sort of taught you to like, never put your shoulders this way. It always be on an angle and yeah. never move this way, but to move front and back, whatever. Yeah. Um, which was very helpful. Like I, there are things that feel very elemental and basic, but are, but are helpful, but no, um, I learned so much about camera being on camera with sweet bitter and just the, the way that you make something. Yeah. I didn't know any of the jargon. I didn't know, um, coverage you, so to yeah, speak yeah coverage yeah. like being yeah. able to figure out a scene in coverage and um it was it took a while to sort of get into the rhythm of things and I remember feeling like a fish out of water but um Danny R who played Sasha it was also his first big thing so it was actually a lot of our first big thing Jasmine Matthews as well yeah. so we were all sort of in it together um and could normalize Nerves that we were having. Tom and Ella that had careers or and Caitlin and Paul. Paul. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Caitlin hugely. I look up to her so much and learned a lot from her. Um, Yeah, she's doing Succession now and had that movie, right? You know, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. Very, very smart person. And so once you started to have these incredible credits and you were reoccurring on a show, and given that your family's in LA, was there kind of a a fundamental reevaluation of do I want to build it up in New York or, you know, because most people that succeed in LA have credits. Did you think about going back? Like, where was your head at? Not for a second. Wow. I don't like LA. Me either. <laughs> I, I'm a New Yorker. And I think I, I say that um, with just so much love. I, I've lived there now for 11 years. And I think that, I think there's just something about the people in New York that, um, that LA lacks, I think. Yeah. And I, I, I would go, I would love to be able to be by coastal because my family's in LA and I'm totally. very, very close with them. Um, and I would totally work in LA. I would love to have that experience. I've just never done it before. I remember auditioning in LA. I've only had maybe two auditions in LA ever. Um, and one of them casting director got back to my manager and gave, the note that I was really good, um, but that I was a character actress, oh, God. which was like 
Fuck I actually, you. <laughs> it almost is like a thank you. Like yeah. I walked into the room and, and there were, you know, normally in New York, it's like an amalgam of different types yeah, of people, but totally. like, it's all like a type you're all wearing sort of a similar thing in LA. All these women were blonde and tan Lip and like five of them, you know, and, yeah. and no disrespect to like, everyone should look however they want to look. Yeah, and I su- totally support that. But I walked in and I was like, I don't look like you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, and if that's what they're going for, then I'm going to be, I'm not what they're looking for. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I think that, um, I, it'll be interesting to see if I, if I'm able to, 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 to find my way to LA in a way that feels sort of right. We'll see. Yeah. That's amazing then. And speaking of C, uh, yeah. well, first let's, let's finish Sweet Bitter. So you do the first season and at that time there is a question mark about whether you guys are going to have season two or not. Right. 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 Yeah. And so where was your, you know, did you start looking for other work because like, or would you, or were you already contracted to a second season? Yeah. Because I was a series regular, I had, I think my, I had like a seven year contract. So they, they, they had me, they had me. And so wow. my team, and because that was my one big credit. Yeah. Um, and the show wasn't a huge hit. Um, my it team was had a to really, the people who knew about it. I loved it. The people know? who I really yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't like critically acclaimed and yeah, well, you know, a hyper saturated content time. Nothing. I you know? agree. I, yeah. I loved the show and I, yeah. and I think, I feel very proud of it. And it was a great experience for me. And I'm, I would not have changed it or give it, given it up for the world. Yeah. Um, but because whatever, because I was. Stars had power, career, which had 5 million people a second watching. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Um, I, uh, it was hard for my team to get me auditions. And I remember I was very frustrated um, that year in between because I really wasn't auditioning. Yeah. And. Um, Were you and still I in really, the acting class? Um, no, the acting class had ended at that point. She'd stopped class. Yeah. So I was sort of, I actually, and then I found other acting classes. I tried to keep myself engaged, but I didn't find one, any that really gave me what I needed. Yeah. Yeah, I needed like a gym to just go work out at kind of. So hard to find. It's really hard to find. And I'm still looking, I would love to find an acting class where I can go and stretch myself and make a fool of myself and learn and, um, try weird things. That would be really exciting to me. Do you know Ted so, Slaberski? I've heard of him. He's I've never best. taken. I'll really, have to okay. you guys. Yeah, yeah. He's I would love that. That's Rachel's okay. guy and and my guy when I can afford him. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah he's the best. Um, very cool. I yeah. well, when I'm back in New York, maybe I can. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to hang. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Oh, I would yeah. love that. But uh, so so then, I guess did it did it buoy you to know that there was the potential of a second season? Like how long was the gap before you found out? I think it was, it was felt like a really long time. Um, and we weren't getting a lot of information in the interim. So that was a hard, weird period. I'd never been in a situation where I felt like I had anything to rely on. Yeah. And I thought when I, booked the show i was like i'm done waiting tables i've made it and like jokes on me um so we got picked up i was so happy we did the second season it was very clear pretty much from the get-go that we weren't going to have a third season even though they wrote it with like that you know ending of for a third 
Yeah. Or maybe I'm misremembering. I remember towards the end of the season feeling like Stu Zickerman, our amazing showrunner being kind of like, guys, you need to really temper your expectations. Like, oh. you know, who knows? Like we really love the show. Star says they love the show, but we don't know. You know how yeah. they do. Yeah. So, um, I was very much like time to look for something else, whatever. Yeah. And, um, took a while. It took a while. And I ended up, I ended up changing teams. I was going to um, say like, that's the good time to flex up then, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I hired the manager who I have now. I'm with Brillstein. Um, I'm actually with, I, I'm with Ken Lee. Who's, yeah. Ken's who's Rachel's, he's a Rachel's friend. Yeah. Manager. Yeah. Tell, yeah. Tell yeah. And, he's, and he said, he said, Ryan's such a good guy when he saw that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. He's very I'll just send him a message. He'd be like, well, how good of a guy am Sign me. <laughs> there you go. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Kimberly, I'm calling you out, but, uh, that, <laughs> that's awesome. So, uh, so then when you do that, then, you know, and you know, this thing is ending, is it at that point, you know, having the awareness of that, is there an excitement, a fear? Like, where is your head at? You know, knowing that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Knowing that, you know, it's time to find something else. You know what I mean? Like that can be very daunting and it can also be very exciting. I think that I had felt that I was really sad. I loved the character so much. I, yeah. um, I loved the people that I did the show with so much and it felt like a real, like losing the family in a way, yeah. um, which was very upsetting and triggering and, um, I just never experienced that before. I'd never yeah. experienced that. Yeah. And, and, and it was it's upsetting the same to when me. a play ends, you're just like, so it's like mourning. I would imagine. Yeah. So. It's so sad, yeah. you know? Absolutely. And, yeah. and, it, and you just know, it's never going to be the same again. I'm still in touch with Ella and Danny R and Evan and we talk and, yeah. and it's lovely, but it's just, it's different. So what I actually ended up doing because it was taking a while, I, I realized I was going nuts, not having structure. I knew that I needed money. Yeah. And so I went back to waiting tables. Wow. Back and at the new cafe or Leonard's? No, the, I went to mud, mud spot. In, oh, in the East village. Yeah. Oh man. That's great. I, I love mud. So I was like a regular at mud through college. Yeah. And one of my best friends worked there. And so Wait, I knew. So you know Hayden Frank? There. I knew Hayden. Hayden, yeah. Hayden, Hayden um, served when I was going there, but I didn't got work it. with him or anything. Oh, got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I went back to mud or I went to mud and started working there and it was like the best thing that I've done. It was really? so, yeah, I made new friends. I got to, sp I speak French and Spanish and I love speaking both of the languages and I got yeah. to speak French and Spanish every day. I speak Spanish with the with the, the chefs and yeah. I would speak French with the people that would come in that were French and yeah. had bad English. And, um, and it was a really odd experience because I was working there while the second season was airing. And so people would recognize me as I'm serving them yeah. and be like, wait a second, aren't you that waitress on the show? And I'm yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm in they're character. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're like, what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, well, actresses do sometimes wait tables. And it doesn't pay what you think. Until you <laughs> no, exactly. Um, so it was, it was a very dissonant experience, but I made friends with people that I'm still be friends with forever. And like, yeah. and I just know, and I think it's so important for actors to know that they have something that they can do to support themselves, to keep themselves grounded, to keep themselves engaged in a community. 
Um, and that was a very cushy job because we could eat on the job and, and Jimmy, the, the, the manager, like if someone was rude to you, you didn't have to take it. Yeah. You didn't have to, you really had personhood. Oh God, I've waited tables where you just have to be the small guys. Eat so it. Can be big. No, you don't have and to. I hate much. that, you know? Oh, it's, it's so, it's, it's taking abuse. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. I've quit pretty much every hospitality job because of it, you know? Just, yeah, it makes sense. You get treated like shit. Like the people I know that can do it, you know, I mean, to, I mean, sweet bitter captures like there's tons of drugs and alcohol in the hospitality sector, and yep. I don't have that anymore. So when it's like that, I'm like, you know what? This ain't worth it. Yeah, no, yeah. that totally makes sense. So then while you were there, you know, and having this new wonderful team, were you getting into some other CDs and, and other radars that you weren't before? Definitely. Yeah. I started auditioning. Um, I booked a lead in a, in a, in an indie feature that I shot, um, called listen that I don't actually know where it is right now, as far as rollout or anything. Yeah. Um, I saw it on there. I couldn't find it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's an Israeli, it's an Israeli film, um, written and directed by Omri Bezalel, who's, who is Israeli. Um, and it's about an IDF soldier, um, who I play, who basically to not give too much away. She has a mission that she has to work on or that she decides she needs to work on, which is extremely, extremely personal to her and, um, will cost lives. And, um, Where did you shoot it if you, or can you not say? Sh- no, absolutely. Yeah. We shot it in New Jersey. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna... nothing like Israel. It was a lot yeah. of interiors. Got it. Um, okay. but it was a really great experience. It was, um, a chance for me to, I had done another film that I was the lead of called the second son, which actually Jennifer, my, my acting teacher directed, we did it. It was a play originally. Wow. And, um, we did it as a play and then they adapted it into a film and so I learned how to be a lead of, of something on that film. And then on Listen, I learned how to do it to an even greater extent because I didn't know anyone that I was working with. Yeah. Um, and learned a different kind of endurance and intensity because the character is going through so much all the time. It was a very emotionally taxing, amazing um, journey to go on. Um, and so, yeah, I, I did that. And then at the end of the year, I, I booked C. Yeah, I'm so that was in a year. Just before we get to see, you know, bringing yeah. it back full circle. Now that you had Ken, were you able to get in some theater, you know, auditions finally? No, no. I, I went, you know, I actually, there was a play that I wanted to do called The Mountains Look Different by an Irish playwright. Um, I'm d- totally going to ruin his name, Michael McLemore. Yeah. Um, and um, I asked to be seen. And I guess the director didn't want to see me. I knew the director. Yeah. And so I showed up at the EPA. I was equity at this point. So I went to the EPA and I knew the play inside and out because I I loved it so much. And I practiced the dialect and I went in and Aiden, the director, (laughs) I think recognized me when I came in and I tore it up. I did a really good job. I like had so much fun and I knew, you know, you know, when you do, when you you do the thing. Totally. And so I ended up getting a callback from that. And, but that was because I went to the EPA Yeah. and then it, and then I got another callback and then it was between me and um, this other really wonderful actress and she ended up getting it. 
Um, and it probably got though. shut down though, right? No, no, no. She got, oh. no, no, no. This was pre, pre COVID. Yeah. Oh, that was, okay. Got it. I, it meant that I was able to do listen, the film that I did. Wow. So, okay. but yeah, I really want to do theater and I'm desperate for casting directors to let me try because well, I grew up on stage. It's, yeah. it's, it's very, when I you get back, let's, let's write a play together and all you I would love podcast to. actors to come. You know? Dude, let's do it. It's, it's the only way in, man. You know, mm-hmm. like, unless you went to Juilliard or you're or a celebrity. Or, yeah. You know, it's, a, I know. And then talk to me about C because, you know, earlier to kind of, you know, throw back, uh, yeah. we we're talking about, you know, the death of in-person auditions and obviously, uh, you know, I know Hoon and he was telling me he got the job. So was this yeah. an offer or was this a self-tape? Oh, no, no, no. So this was, so this was in 2019. So this was before, this was in December of 2019. Wow. Um, I just, I had an in-person audition first round went in, um, and then got a call back with the showrunner, Jonathan Tropper. Great guy. Um, yeah. yeah. And he, he read with me and, and then that night, um, I got a call from Ken being like, they, App, Jonathan wants you for the role, but Apple needs to see you do some other sides to make sure that you have emotional range, which was hilarious to me because something that I struggle with in acting is like actors try to cry. People try not to cry. Right. And, Dude, and Tim Robbins just talked about this very thing on this show. Oh, really? Like verbatim. So go on. Yeah. Finish. What you're yeah. yeah. Well, just that, that, you know, we're so, we can be so, um, masturbatory and it's so uninteresting to just watch someone oh, break true. down. Thank you, you for wanna, saying that. You're it's true. Preach. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we really, we like to watch people wrestle with themselves and, and, um, and if you're gonna have a cry, you gotta earn it, man. Yeah. So anyway, or it's I, more interesting to make the audience cry and like you. Oh, to be on, let them have yeah, the catharsis. Yeah, yeah. you having the catharsis. It's like you know who who cares? And so I went in the next day, and I was so nervous because it felt like it was mine to lose. Like Jonathan had said, "You're my pick for this role. We're not seeing anyone else." Basically, if you fuck this up, like it's on you. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, oh, and good God. luck. Yeah. So, but the casting director was amazing. Um, and Jonathan was really great and we did it. And, um, about two hours later, I got a call that I'd booked the part. Same day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then I was going to have to fly in two weeks and move to Toronto. And then the COVID thing delayed it. And then we, I, so that was January 20th. I moved to Toronto or no, earlier than that. January oh, 20th was the first day we st- yeah, yeah. This was so we shut down March 13th. So you were about a month and a half in. Yeah, we started yeah. filming January 20th. Yeah, so we had started um and then we shut down. And then what, you know, do you do because I know Canada even till just very recently has been so strict. Did you stay there or did you come back to New York? Nesta Cooper and I, my my amazing co-star, we both were my family's in LA, her fiance and life is in LA. And so we, we booked a flight that day and flew out to LA. I knew I didn't want to be in New York, but I wanted to be near my mom and, and yeah. my dad. Um, and so we, we flew out that night and we were able to be there until we came back October 5th. So it was a really long shutdown. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And 
obviously, you know, with someone like, you know, Momoa on a project and Batista, you knew yeah. it was going to happen again, right? Or there wasn't a question of... There was no question. Okay, that's great. Because I know a lot yeah. of people didn't know if they were going to, you know... Oh, I, I, I could not believe how lucky I was to be in the position I was in, to be on a show with that kind of budget, with those kinds of names, stars, um, just with security. I, yeah. Yeah. Did that make navigating through COVID a little bit easier knowing you had something Certainly. to, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it was such a, such an insane time for so many reasons. And I think the world is had a fever pitch right now. It feels like it's just getting worse and worse and worse in a lot it's, of ways. It's just, I can't even um, watch the news anymore. It's just, yeah. It's just now with Afghanistan, it's just like, my God, you know? Yeah. It's relentless. It's yeah. relentless. Um, but that was not, that was, that was a facet of my life that I had security in and I felt so, so fortunate. For yeah. That. That's beautiful. So then when you came back, how did that feel? Cause obviously now you're, you know, masked up and everything's, you know, the yeah. intimacy that's normally allowed on a set. Now it's like, uh, I can't be with those people. Got to be over right. here. So was it, that weird working that way? You know, it was in the beginning and then it became status quo. Like I don't yeah. notice it anymore. Um, yeah. I feel really lucky that before the, the pandemic hit, I was able to have a couple months to, to bond with the cast in a normal way because, you know, they had shot a first season. They were a family already. And I didn't yeah. know if I was going to mesh with them, if yeah. they were going to be welcoming to me. And if they were so welcoming. Alfre Woodard, who to me is just an iconic legend as an actor, as a human being, yeah. like, Oh man, she's just as an activist, she, she, there's nothing she can't do. And she's also happened to be the, the matriarch of the family. And she would have all of us over for lunches on Sundays and would screen oh. movies. And, um, so I got to connect with them. And then when I came back, I felt like I, I had relationships with these people and didn't feel so. The new kid. Um, alien new to them. Yeah. Yeah. It That's... felt more like I was a part of the show. And and obviously, you know, Sweet Bitter School and Stars is is a big network, but to be on a show of this scale, like Game oh. of Thrones scale, what did that feel like? <laughs> I mean Or what does it feel like? It's still it, going on. It, it it it's unlike anything I've ever dreamed of. I mean, the sets they they built the set, I think I can say this. They built Travantes, which is um the city. Yeah in this place called the Hearn in, in Toronto, which is this massive old, it's like a warehouse, but it, wow. that doesn't even describe it. It's like, it's this industrial sized, really, yeah, warehouse. It's very open. It's very damp. It's, it's an icky, icky place, but they made the most intricate set I've ever seen with stalls of, for different vendors that all were specific to a world where everyone can't see yeah. like, and I just, I, I felt completely and utterly transported and, and I felt so small yeah. as a person compared to the massive scale of, of the sets and the massive scale of what we were doing. I've never had, um, so many resources on a show. It's really yeah. insane. And it does that work of kind of assimilating you in that world because it's, it's there, you know, in a way, definitely. Yeah. I think costume is huge. I think you, you sort of know with a show like this, that has such a strong visual tone that a lot of your work is already done for you because it's so moody and 
the camera angles are so specific and the music is so swelling and um, evocative that there's an atmosphere and an ambience that's that, that you, all you need to do is kind of show up and try to be grounded as grounded as you can be. Um, and I've never really had that experience before. Sweetbitter had definitely a vibe to it, a feel to it, but the character of Ari, she's just so expressive and over the top and, um, the character that I'm playing, Ren, I'm not going to say too much, but she's, she's not like Ari. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. And, and going back, you know, to all the wonderful dance and choreography experience you have doing this stunts, that was something new for you. Right. Because yeah. I, that's not giving you any, any, anything, you know, season one shows you it's a, Oh, definitely. And any of Jonathan's work is like that. So he did you fighting, get to yeah. work with a stunt coordinator, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. We had to have an amazing stunt, stunt team, stunt crew. Um, it was my first time ever touching stunts and I had to unlearn basically my 17 years of dance training because in fighting you're you're in your legs you're heavy you're grounded you're yeah. turned in everything's brutal and in ballet you're lifted everything needs to look light and effortless and it's turned out and so my, all of the natural things that my body does look wrong wow while fighting and i think jonathan was kind of like because when i got the job there was no conversation about do you have experience doing stunts are you comfortable doing stunts that was not mentioned yeah I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Yeah. And so they expected, oh, you're a dancer. You'll just be fine. You'll learn it with, with no problem. And um, I, I pick up choreography very quickly, but it was, it was a huge challenge for me to learn how to move in a different way. And me and Nesta would show up to um, the, the, the stunt team. They're all like Olympic athletes. They're these insanely gifted human beings. Yeah. And we would join their training sessions, like the workout that they would do to keep themselves fit. Yeah. We would crash. I couldn't do a quarter of what they were doing. Yeah. And we would, every day there'd be, it'd be mixed martial arts. We'd do judo throws one day. We'd learn how to use a samurai sword. So it was sort of this like crazy circus summer camp where Nesta and I got to learn lots of different mixed martial arts dabble really I mean, yeah. you can't master it takes a whole lifetime to master these things um but it really helped my physicality and they were so patient and welcoming and um and it now it's really fun and i really enjoy it but it took a while it was a big it's such an important part of this character and i really wanted to be as great as i could and they had me next to dave batista yeah who you know is dave batista yeah so <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you're so amazing in the show and you did, it's, you're doing such an outstanding job and oh, it's thanks, Ryan. so awesome. And, uh, I'm so proud of you. You're, you're a oh, superstar. And when you come Thank back to you. New York, we got to kick it and write our Broadway debut. I would love that. Yeah. So thank you so much. A few final questions for you. Cause I, I don't feel sure. like we can say much about C since the world hasn't seen it yet. So yeah, you know, well, you know, maybe at the end of the season, come back and we'll, we'll do a recap. I w- that would be awesome. Yeah. Eden, I'm so proud of you. Let's do this again. This was so fun. Like, Oh, I really appreciate that. You're incredible. You're so talented. You're so beautiful. You're going to go so far. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm so Thank proud you, of Ryan. you. And uh, <laughs> yeah, let's rock in New York, man. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. I, this was such a pleasure. Thank yeah, you. I'm Ryan. sending you so much love and take care up there in Toronto. Okay. Thank you. You too. All right. Talk soon. Okay. Talk soon. 
If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.